and welcome to the November 4th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on natural gas production in Cameroon and Mozambique, carbon credits in Gabon, port sector privatizations in Equatorial Guinea, renewable energy generation in the Republic of the Congo, water and sanitation investments in Timor-Leste, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Joana, over to you. We start this week's episode with news that the African Export-Import Bank has signed a Memorandum of Understanding to enhance private sector investments across Africa's oil and gas industry. This Memorandum of Understanding will pave the way for increased participation of private sector investors and local service companies in boosting capital across Africa's entire hydrocarbon industry. Meanwhile, the Lusophone Compact continues to drive the private sector in Africa. The Compact is a financing platform that provides risk mitigation, financing products and technical assistance to accelerate the development of the private sector in African Portuguese-speaking countries. Since its establishment during the inaugural Africa Investment Forum Market Days event in November 2018, the compact has continued to grow in scope and the compact's partners, the Africa Development Bank, Portugal and six Portuguese-speaking African countries, have worked to address differences in the size and structure of member economies. Currently, the Africa Investment Forum is prioritizing the transport, health, energy, infrastructure and food security sectors, which are considered a priority to drive economic recovery. In Angola, the government wants 70% of clean energy in the country's energy mix by 2025 and is working on solutions that will allow the continuous and fast development of oil potential in an increasingly environmentally friendly way. For the government, energy transition in Angola means continuing to explore and produce its oil and gas resources with low levels of greenhouse gas emissions. To do so, the government, in collaboration with the United Nations Environment Programme, carried out a campaign of direct measurement of methane emissions in oil installations to establish an inventory of methane emissions in Angola, identify the main sources of emissions and implement the appropriate mitigation measures. President João Lourenço also announced major investments in clean energy in the southern provinces of Namib, Huila and Cunén in projects that will rely on American funding. The African Development Bank is looking to finance Angola's private sector and is preparing a new strategy covering the period from 2024 to 2028, which it should present in the next round of financing between July and September 2023. The institution's activity in Angola has increased significantly in the last decade, especially in the last five years, but so far, the 3 million US dollars invested in the country have been solely directed at projects in the public sector. One third of this amount is related to 11 projects currently being implemented with emphasis on the energy sector. The remainder is distributed between agriculture, water and sanitation, finance, social sector and multi-sector projects. The funding of the projects depends on the assessment of the country's lending capacity and will take into account the bank's priorities in Africa, industrialization, regional integration, agricultural transformation, improvement of the quality of life and universal access to electricity. 
Also in Angola, a digital guide to investments and opportunities in the mining and petroleum sectors has been made available to potential investors. The document is from the Ministry of Mineral Resources, Petroleum and Gas and contains information about investment opportunities in the sector, including actions and programs and information on licensing in the mining and oil and gas sectors. In Cape Verde, the central bank has forecast an economic growth of 8% for 2022, estimating that the gross domestic product will return to the pre-pandemic level by the end of the year. Following the accelerating pace of economic growth, business confidence has also reached a maximum since the beginning of the pandemic, according to a report from the National Institute of Statistics, showing that despite COVID-19 and rising inflation, the economic outlook remains favorable. In Cameroon, the production of liquefied natural gas and liquefied petroleum gas is expected to increase substantially in the fourth quarter of 2022. According to BEAC projections, production should increase by 42.5% and 82% respectively, expanding the country's export revenue. The French business movement met with Côte d'Ivoire's Prime Minister Patrick Hachi in Abidjan. The French business movement and the Alliance of French-speaking employers visited the country accompanied by 50 French companies in order to establish business opportunities on the sidelines of the CGECI Academy hosted by the Ivorian Employers Association. During the visit, the Minister-Delegate for Foreign Trade invited French companies, especially small and medium enterprises, to invest in Côte d'Ivoire, highlighting the relationship between the two countries and pointing out that Côte d'Ivoire is an exceptional investment bet in terms of political, economic and geopolitical stability. Gabon is selling 90 million carbon credits and will, in due time, be launching the largest green bond issue in Africa, between 100 and 200 million US dollars, to finance the construction of two hydroelectric plants. The monetization of the 90 million carbon credits could earn the country over 291 million US dollars to use towards the projects. Meanwhile, Equatorial Guinea is privatizing its ports in an effort to improve the port services provided in the country. The president is leading the bidding and negotiation process and several international proposals were already received. The government is looking for a swift process and is hosting a meeting with the interested parties. As announced in the previous episode of Investing Beyond Borders, Mozambique will soon ship its first LNG-produced and DNI-operated Kural Sul FLNG plant. The first cargo, which is expected to be loaded soon onto one of the six LNG carriers in BP's fleet, will be heading to Europe, alleviating a tight global LNG market and gas shortages in Europe as winter looms. These exports will help transform its economy as billions of dollars pour into the country to develop massive offshore gas fields in the deepwater Huvuma Basin. In the meantime, the government is designing strategies for green industrialization as it believes that the country meets all the requirements for this purpose thanks to its immense power generation potential, adequate infrastructure and favorable geographical location. Proving this point is the construction of the Mpandankuwe hydroelectric dam and several solar power projects all around the country and in which the Mirana Alliance has been heavily involved. The World Bank will soon make available 
$380 million US dollars for the improvement of infrastructure connecting Malawi and Mozambique as part of industrial incentives for the two countries. The funding is intended to promote industrialization for sustainable and modern development between both nations and will be used to improve transport logistics from the port of Nakala for agricultural products from the production areas to the markets of the two countries, with Mozambique receiving $230 million US dollars and Malawi $150 million US dollars. According to the World Bank, by improving trade competitiveness and regional connectivity, the project will also help reduce the costs of importing goods, consequently reducing prices for consumers. In the meantime, mining operator Kenmar Resources announced that the MoMA mine in Mozambique is one of the largest deposits of titanium minerals, containing more than 6.3 billion tons of mineral resources. According to Kenmar, MoMA's resources are sufficient to support production at current rates for more than 100 years and provide significant opportunities for further mine expansions to meet the increasing demand for these products. Over in Portugal, rating agency Fitch has upgraded Portugal's rating to triple B+, the third level of investment grade, and a level not seen since 2011, becoming the third rating agency among the four recognized by the ECB to upgrade the rating of Portuguese debt this year after S&P and Morningstar's DBRS. Fitch credits the rating, an important international sign of confidence for Portugal, to the strong commitment to prudent fiscal policy and to fiscal outcomes which have consistently outperformed European peers and triple B-rated issuers. In the Republic of Congo, Tinda Cash Congo, which specializes in green energy production, is investing 160 million US dollars to produce 65 megawatts of electricity. The company has received approval from the Congolese authorities to receive a specific investment incentive for energy products in special economic zones. Under this incentive scheme, the company will build two energy plants in the Igne special economic zone, one being a hybrid solar power plant with a capacity of 55 megawatts and the other of 10 megawatts from biomass. Lastly, in Timor-Leste, the government and the Asian Development Bank have signed loans for a total of 127 million US dollars to help Timor-Leste provide safe and reliable water in Dili, the capital city and home to two-thirds of the country's population. The project builds on the Asian Development Bank's deep engagement in the water sector by prioritizing investments in climate-resilient infrastructure and public sector strengthening to assist in the government's key commitment to water for all by 2030. The project will support the development of climate-resilient infrastructure, including water treatment plants, groundwater holes, service reservoirs, and new water network mains to deliver potable water from diversified sources such as groundwater and surface water, benefiting over 36,000 households and commercial establishments in Dili. The project will also enhance the operations of state-owned water services utility Beti Murlesht, as it offers a significant package of support and reform to assist BTL's vision in acquiring the skills to become an excellent water utility in terms of operational performance and customer service. In addition, the project will support the development of water services regulatory guidelines for adoption by the government's national authority for water and sanitation. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. Please join us in two weeks' time for more developments in the Moran Alliance world. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page 
where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Joana Graça Moura from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.